Hi, I'm Brianne Bennis, and this is No End in Sight, a podcast about life with chronic illness. Today, I'm talking to Vanessa Grenier about endometriosis and Crohn's and terrible doctors who think that weight loss is the solution to every problem. This week's transcript is going to be a little late because of my own grumpy body and a crowded appointment schedule this week, so I apologize about the delayed accessibility. Before we start, here's my disclaimer. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Make sure you talk to your practitioner about any questions or symptoms. So tell me about your health as a kid. So growing up, I've always kind of been a sick kid, even when I was born. So I had the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck like several times. And so, uh, but long story short, uh, fast forward to like fifth grade, I got super duper sick and the doctors didn't really know what was wrong. My parents took me to several doctors. They're like, yeah, I really know your daughter's sick, but we don't know what's up. And what did your symptoms look like at that point? Uh, so I had like really bad stomach cramps. It felt like just daggers stabbing in my belly. Like anytime when I woke up, it was just awful. Um, I always pass gas a lot. My parents just made fun of me. They're like, oh, you just eat a lot of beans. I'm like, I yeah. guess, but I hate beans. Right. <laughs> you like know? by itself, it could be funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I just, and I had a lot of kidney issues. So I have uh, come to find out um, I had reflux of my, I think it was right kidney But I ended up being hospitalized for about a month, and everybody was kind of like, you don't really seem sick. What's wrong? Like, I was in the hospital ward with all the kids with chemo, and I'm like, uh, my kidneys screwed up, and my guts are funny. I don't know what's wrong. It's kind (laughs) of a mystery, but an uncomfortable one. Yeah, and they're like, I think she just maybe has anxiety. And so they just kind of kept telling my parents that I just had a lot of stress in my life, and that I maybe just needed to slow things down I and mean, they're like okay well not really stressful but that's fine yeah you know like uh, get some good yeah and child de-stressing activities <laughs> yeah, in there seriously and I mean I guess to a certain extent I probably did have some anxiety growing up as a child because mm-hmm. uh my parents split when I was I don't know how old was I shoot pretty young mm-hmm. but um and so we bopped around from like mom and dad's house so of course that probably yeah. adds to a lot of stress definitely but, at the same time, it's also kind of like, hello, something very real was happening, but doctors were just not really wanting to listen. Yeah. And so they were just like, okay, she's really super sick. We got this kidney issue and don't really know what's wrong with your guts, but the kidney um, just, it went, uh, sorry, I'm also having brain fog. So no, I'm no. I will say (laughs) something like I forget the word for malaria every time it comes up. So throughout Mm -hmm. the episodes, I've tried to call it so many different things because of my own brain fogging. So Mm -hmm. I don't mind. And I'm not worried about like linguistic accuracy, we'll say. Perfect. But yeah, and so I don't really remember all of what was wrong when I was younger and what all transpired. But Mm -hmm. I was in the hospital for about a month and they finally got everything figured out and rearranged with my kidneys and I was healthier but I still my gut was just shitty and they were like well maybe you're just lactose intolerant don't eat milk sure so it's like okay so I drank soy milk but still you know and were you on any medication Mm -hmm. did they put you on any medication for the kidney stuff or it just kind Uh, of passed I was on oh what was it called shoot something oh my lord (laughs) 
It's okay. an antibiotic, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's a really common one, but now I'm, of course, drawing a brain fart as to what it was. But so you d- <laughs> there was some yeah. medication <laughs> and was, it helped. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. even once that was cleared. Yeah, even once that was cleared, I still was just super sick and I kept getting UTIs and kidney infections. And they told my parents that maybe it would just resolve. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, apparently the reflux did resolve. But, um, <clears throat> of course, man, I was like trying to talk through everything with my boyfriend like here's what's the story of sort of remember don't forget things yeah um of course now everything just no it's it's so hard to remember (laughs) like all of the details and it's Mm -hmm. you know it's fine to get the gist of it but once you think back you're like oh man Mm -hmm. there was a lot of stuff going on yeah and I just remember like the first time when I was sick or as being a kid, the first time I remember just realizing, like, I'm not normal, is mm. I was in a payless, and my stomach just, it felt like I had somebody just daggering and, like, punching in my stomach. And I just lay down on the ground, and my mom was like, oh, what's wrong? And then after that, I went to the hospital. and Yeah. And, and then, so fast forward, I have kind of always had shitty periods as a kid um I started my period I started mensing in the fifth grade mm-hmm. and so that's pretty young yeah for, it's pretty early um and then I was like oh I don't know what's happening I must have done something wrong and yeah. I told my mom and she's like oh you're a woman now and so I was just like what does that even mean yeah great <laughs> Uh, and so I just, my entire life growing up, people were like, oh, it's shitty periods. Periods are awful. They're meant to be awful. It's mm-hmm. just part of being a woman. It's you're lucky. It's great. Yeah. And I was a very active kid in high school. I played volleyball and softball, but then I slowly had to start pulling away from that because I couldn't just keep up with everybody. It was too hard. I was so exhausted. And my coach was like, ah, oh, run that suicide faster. You can do this. And then the last time in practice, I was running a suicide, and then my knee just kind of, like, gave out. Yeah. And it just dislocated for no reason. Oh, that's a bonus. <laughs> I know. So I was like, thanks, body. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And then I didn't get super – it's, like, I got the worst sick around 2014. I think it was um, I was in hair school and I was in hair school go, going to hair school full time and working as well mm-hmm. and so I had was doing something every single day um, and by, the first time I got sick I was in the ER for about 13 hours with my friend okay. and it was just awful and they were like oh you have tattoos okay okay oh is this your girlfriend and they were like oh are you drug seeking I was like, what does this all have to do? I'm sick like help yeah. me yeah I'm <laughs> it was confused just... by all of your questions <laughs> I know and about hour 10 they finally were like all right we're gonna do a CT let's see what's going on and I come back from the CT and they're like oh so you have a pulmonary embolism. If you have family in the area, you should probably call them because this is very serious. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, oh my God. I had went into the ER just because I had stomach cramps and like really bad period pains and I felt like I had a migraine from hell. Yeah. And then they're telling me I'm now I have the pulmonary embolism. And so yeah. I call my sister, I call my mom and I'm freaking out and everybody's like, okay, okay, we'll be there. It's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out a way to get there. Maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes later, he's like, oh, JK, I read the scan wrong. You actually, it's just, you have a nodule or something on your lung. And so I was like, uh, okay. Like, is that better? <laughs> I know. And so I was like, well, all 
right. And so I'm just like, okay. So they gave me, they asked if I wanted painkillers. And I was like, no, I don't want painkillers because they don't work. And they were just like, are you sure you should probably take these? You're in pain. So I begrudgingly was like, okay, fine. I'll take them just so I have them. And it was, of course, 10 milligrams of Oxy and that doesn't do anything. But some people it works. Some, and I'm just that lucky person that it doesn't. And yeah. so, uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, fast forward a couple of months after that, I got a call from the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. And I was like right first thing in the morning. They're like, hi, this is so-and-so calling from the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. We're calling because your doctor told us you have lung cancer. And I was like, what? Excuse me, stranger. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. And at this time, I had just started dating this guy. He's my boyfriend now that we're still together. But we had just started dating maybe like a month. And I'm bawling. And he, it was the first time that we stayed the night with each other. And he's like, <laughs> you get this phone call. Uh... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we hang up. And I look at him. And he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, so I think I have lung cancer. And he was just like, what? Yeah. And we just start, and I'm crying, and he's holding me like, what the fuck is happening? And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden, I get all these emails from the Seattle Cancer Care Center, like, living with cancer, how to cope with it, what to do, here's all these steps and financial oh processes. God. And I'm like, oh, I have cancer. And then... And this is how I found <laughs> out. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, my God. And then I waited for, like, a month for the appointment, and the doctor... I get in there and so I was like, so do I have cancer? She just starts laughing and she's like, no, you don't have cancer. You have a nodule on your lung. And so I was like, oh, okay. Well, like, when is anybody like, what? Yeah. Who told the uh, cancer people that I have cancer? Because they've been sending me a lot of information that is terrifying. Like, and about cancer. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, I'm sorry. That's just kind of general stuff that we send everybody. I'm like, no. Rethink that. Exactly. And I'm like, this is the Seattle Cancer Care Alliance. Like, you guys are the top. So you should try to get your, get your stuff together, guys. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, and so that would resolve. And like, okay, so you just got this nodule on your lung. We don't really know what it is. We'll follow it. And so that ended up being fine. Mm -hmm. But then I still just kept getting excruciating, like, periods. But then the period pain just kind of throughout even when I wasn't on my period mm -hmm. and I kept going to the ER and I'm like I don't know I don't know what's wrong and uh they finally like okay we'll do a pelvic ultrasound I don't really think you need it but we'll do it like, yeah okay thanks and so they come back and they're like "Ooh, yeah there's there's a there's a mass on your ovary and I was like okay so they send me home they're like yeah followed up with your doctor blah 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 um and my doctor calls and I'm now I graduated hair school. Oh, of course I missed the most important part of hair school too. So um, it's in the middle of hair school. So by I've been in hair school for like maybe a year now and I'm in the final phase. I've got like maybe a couple months more to go. And I was doing a perm wrap with one of my instructors and my fingers went numb and I was just like, this is really bizarre. I can't really, I'm not really functioning right. And then I started, I thought that I was having a normal conversation just like this, like we're talking now. And mm -hmm. then she just looks at me and she's like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And then I dropped the perm wrap and I was like, well, what are you talking? I'm fine. And then I couldn't started stumbling through my words. And she's like, I think you should sit down. 
And she said that I just said, I was just looking at her like, Herschel was that And I thought I was talking like normal. Right. And but it's it like a just, word salad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so later, a couple, like maybe an hour later, I'm washing this woman's hair. And to me, it felt like really warm water. And the client just like, ah, shrieks out because it's ice cold water. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, well, all right. And then maybe 20 minutes later, I got a really intense migraine. And Mm -hmm. then it just, from there, I was like, okay, I need to go home. Yeah. Yeah. um, I went to the ER and they're like, yeah, I don't know. It kind of sounds like you maybe had like a mini stroke, but your heart is okay. Like everything is fine. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. And so I was like, okay, well, so it's just another weird thing to chase. All right. Yeah. And then, so moving back into the future. Sure. So you um, have a mass. Yeah. And so I have a mass on my ovary and I'm at work at the salon and I am on my break. I'm like, oh shit, I have a couple of missed calls from my doctor. Let me see my voicemail. And she's like, hey, Vanessa, this is Dr. So-and-so. Can you please give me a call back? So I call her and she says, I'm, we think you might have ovarian cancer. And so I was like, what? So here we go again with the freaking cancer. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And she's like, you need to have surgery because we need to figure out what this is. You got to get a biopsy, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm going to a gynecologist and the gynecologist is just like, oh, no, we don't think you have cancer. And so I was like, okay then what is it she's like well i think you have endometriosis and i was still like well what is that right so here's another thing (laughs) yeah and so it's now march 2015 and i go in for my first laparoscopic surgery and sure enough i have endometriosis and that mass ended up being a chocolate cyst and it totally just took over my right ovary okay so they took my right ovary. I still have the tube, but no little ovary, just got a little lefty. <laughs> uh, just the one. Just the one guy. And my doctor, like, I knew nothing about endometriosis. And she was just, I trusted her fully and blindly. I was just like, you are my goddess. You saved me. Like, yeah. oh, my God, you're giving me my life back. And she's like, I had endometriosis myself. This is what I did. And so I just blindly followed her and I did Lupron for, she wanted me to do it for six months, but I could only stand it for three because, mm-hmm. oh my Lord, I don't know if you do know what Lupron is. No. So tell yeah. me about that. So it's a, um, it's, I forget of course the technical term for it, but it's kind of, That's it's okay. a, like a hormone, it's a hormone replacement thing. Okay. But they also use it for prostate cancer, like a chemotherapy drug. Intriguing, intriguing. It is. It is a very gnarly. It's awful. Mm. I. It didn't work for me. Some women find that it works for them, but it was just the absolute worst thing. Mm. I had really awful, um, uh, hot flashes, mm. like the most intense hot flashes. I gained eighty pounds in a matter of like I don't know two or three months. Wow. Yeah, like a lot of hormonal side effects. A lot. Yeah. And my doctor was just super like, "Mm, I think you're eating things wrong and you're not working out. You're like, okay. So I was like, and she told me, maybe you should maybe stick away from eating fast food stuff. You know, maybe try and cook home at home, cook at home more. I'm like, I don't eat fast food. Like, come on, lady. Thank you. And she just latched on to the weight gain and was like, there's something you're doing wrong. 
it's suddenly. something you are doing wrong. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just magically gaining weight. Just yeah, existing. I made a choice to become <laughs> much less healthy aggressively yeah. over three months exactly. in all of my habits. And that explains yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but so, and I started getting all of my endometriosis pain coming back and she was like, no, there's just absolutely no way, Vanessa. I excised everything. Like I got rid of all, I got rid of your endometriosis. Mm. It was like, what, the, what okay. lady? Like it's yeah. not possible to just cure of endometriosis because that's not a thing. Yeah. Like exist. you can remove the tissue, but yeah. that doesn't mean that it won't, there won't be more forming because... Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we menstruate every month, so... Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I had just a hell of a time trying to find a sort of birth control drug to help um, maintain my periods. And, of course, with endometriosis, you shouldn't have estrogen. But I didn't know that until several years down the line, mm. doing my own research. And my doctor, she was like, well, I really want to put you on an estrogen pill because lots of women find that this suppresses their menses, and, but your blood pressure is just too high. You got to work on your blood pressure, maybe lose some weight and it'll drop, you'll lower your blood pressure. And so I was like, okay. And so I started seeing a physical therapist, tried to do everything. So I was like, yeah, I can't exercise. Like I am so exhausted. Mm-hmm. Blowing my hair just like exhausts me. It's just like, yeah. It's because you're not working out. You know, you had a surgery. You're, you're deconditioned. Just depressed. Yeah, you're deconditioned. You're depressed. You're eating ice cream. So it's yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, where was I? Yeah. You're trying birth control. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm trying birth control. And so I finally um, did progesterone only. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, can't remember the name of the pills that I've tried. That's okay. But <laughs> yeah. But so finally progesterone only and I was getting my menses maybe like once every other month. And okay. so I was finally like, cool. I get my suppressed menses every now and again. But I just had extreme nausea all the time. And but I guess um come to find out that's also because I have Crohn's. <laughs> right. Um, and so at this point, can mm-hmm. I pause you for a second? Because you've yeah, had stomach problems like yeah. kind of the whole time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. nothing, no other event to make you think yeah. more or less about it. It's just like a feature of your body up until this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then actually, I was also wondering. So you said they mm-hmm. told you when you were younger, maybe you're lactose intolerant, avoid milk. Mm-hmm. Did you do any other dietary stuff along the way before a diagnosis? No. No. That's yeah. fine. Mm-mm. There's so many weird yeah. things that people try. I know. But it's always mm-hmm. worth asking. But many mm-hmm. of them aren't helpful and I'm sure especially when it's Crohn's okay mm-hmm. yeah um so you're nauseous so, a lot from the birth control mm-hmm. yeah and I finally I was just like I don't really know what's going on my gynecologist isn't listening to me and I had just maybe like a year of me emailing her every couple months being like hey I have all this pain and she was like look Vanessa I don't really know what to do with your pain you should maybe go see a pain management person or see a therapist and so I was like what yeah okay message received yeah and I was like I get it you don't think my pain's real and so I finally through like Instagram and just using the hashtag like endostrong or endometriosis awareness I found a bunch of other women who were like hey do you have an endometriosis specialist and I was like an endometrio who what like Mm -hmm. I don't there's a specialist for that and they were like no there's a specialist for everything that's true but so I know and so I was just like well like 
I guess, duh. But joke's on me for never knowing, right? Yeah, I mean, but... you think that should be a gynecologist job. <laughs> yeah. I assume the and... specialist is a gyno, but... Yeah, and yeah. you would think that a gynecologist would be like, hey, you have endometriosis. Let's get you to the specialist who knows what they're talking about and what they're doing. Yeah. But no, my doctor didn't even, like, mention that this was an option. And so finally, I... Um, after I finally broke up with my doctor who told me that I had several different forms of cancer. Sure. And yes. <laughs> I that found seems a fair. new, I know I found a new primary care doctor, um, just from like Google searching doctors and finding people who had different reviews. And of course, you know, who's going to write reviews? Some people. So that's kind of like a hit or miss sometimes, but I yeah. found one, my primary care doctor and she is just, she was my quarterback. Like finally after years and years and years of just seeing bunch of different doctors and people being like oh also I forgot to say my gynecologist before I dumped her she I started losing weight and so I've lost now almost all of the weight that I've gained mm-hmm. um, like from the medication so, from the medication yeah and she was just like oh Vanessa if you had cancer you would have lost 60 pounds and by this time I had lost 40 and so I was just like what and so I looked at her and I was like, hey, doctor, it's not that I think I have cancer. It's just that I think something is wrong. I'm losing weight and I'm not trying. And she's like, well, you're eating better. I'm like, yes, sure. That's the initial weight loss could account for, but I'm steadily losing and I'm not trying. And she just looked at me and she put her hand on my shoulder and she goes, Vanessa, your body is super excited to be losing weight. I think you should just piggyback on that. Oh, my God. And my jaw just dropped Jesus. and I just and I was like okay and at that time I was like yep I'm never coming back to you because no that is not real that is not a thing no <laughs> like get back on your what no definitely not a thing like in addition to what like other parts of your story where mm-hmm. you're like well instead of treating me you've repeatedly told me to lose weight now that yeah. I am and I'm also worried about it you're like god I mean People yeah. talk about this all the time. I know mm-hmm. that about like w- how fucked up medicine is with respect to weight. But mm-hmm. like, even so, it's so fucking shitty to hear the moments. Like, you're yeah. a doctor. You should know better. Right? Rapid weight loss isn't a good thing. I know. God. I'm just like, <laughs> Yeah. And so I finally, okay. So back into the future or I guess past again yeah (laughs) wherever we Uh, are yeah I don't know and so back to talking with my new awesome primary care doctor new PCP and and she was like okay so we need to send you to the ER again and so I was like oh god they're not gonna do anything for me but she was like well I need to just make sure it's not your appendix or like your endometriosis you don't have any cysts that are rupturing or blah 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 and so I was like okay I see your point I get it. Mm-hmm. So, of course, went to the ER again, and they're like, yeah, don't really know what's wrong. All your scans look great. You don't have any cysts. Your pelvic, your uterus, it's all remarkable. I'm like, yeah. Oh, great. Remarkable. You're missing an ovary, but otherwise <laughs> yeah. it looks good. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, you're losing weight. You're nauseous all the time. You can't really eat. You get sick all the time. Yeah, gluten fucks up your guts. Maybe don't eat it. I'm like, sure. yeah, I don't. So, yeah. But I'm still sick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
But so I finally get my endometriosis specialist, which I had to fight to get to because I have state insurance, which I am so thankful and lucky for, but I have to jump through so many hoops to get to the different specialist doctors. So like getting referrals mm-hmm. approved and stuff, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes like I'll get the appointments and then it'll come down to a couple of days before and then insurance will be like, yeah, we're denying that request. So you can't get that scan done anymore. That's so and then it's just like waiting, waiting, waiting. And so I go in and see this endometriosis specialist and it was just like night and day. She just listened and was just like, yep, something's wrong. And I think that you have to have another surgery. And so I was like, damn it. And it's just, it's so unfortunate that that's the baseline of care for women with endometriosis is that we got to cut your guts up to see yeah. what's going on in there. Because that's the but, laparoscopy mm-hmm. is pretty st- yeah. standard for endo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For everything, like diagnosis, yeah. mm-hmm. treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. And even like, it just blows my mind too that I've met women who have been like, yeah, I have endometriosis. And my doctor tells me that there's nothing they can do for me, that it's just a lifetime of surgery and that's it. And so it's like, well, I mean there's way more than that but okay Mm -hmm. and so it's just it just breaks my heart that doctors are just so like I don't know I will tell you anything and everything to get you out of my office and out of my hair because I don't know how to help you yeah if I can't do it then like yeah please just go (laughs) I know gosh and but so I finally had my endometriosis or my second laparoscopic surgery in October of this last year. So October, 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm healing up great. I, um, so far so good. You know, every now and again, I'll get the pains from endometriosis. I now have an IUD and mm. oh Lord, the first few months with that though, were awful. tough. Yeah, yeah, I was like, why did I do this to myself? Yeah. But I just had to keep reminding myself that I was, A, healing from a surgery and all of those, everything just kind of trying to heal and fuse back together. Mm-hmm. And then B, my body is just trying to get used to this thing in my uterus. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what, what kind did you get? Just I a, got the Mirena. Mirena, yeah. which is like mm-hmm. low hormone, but hormonal, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also discovered too with that lap, the second lap that I have adenomyosis. And okay. so that is also why I have like really painful periods or like in between periods. Um, so it's in adenomyosis, which is basically endometriosis in your uterus for like layman's terms. Okay. Yeah. And it, so it, you can develop like really painful, like, uh, like oh, shoot words, man. It's okay. <laughs> Endometriosis, I guess, just basically develops into the uterine wall. Mm-hmm. So it's like not shedding of... properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've got some stuff staying in there mm-hmm. that does and not the... want to be there. <laughs> nope. Yeah. My uterus is marbled and beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I'm so fancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but then yeah, after that surgery, I was just like, something is still wrong like my stomach is just always upset I'm in the bathroom all the time and it was just intermittent like it was constipation and diarrhea and in 2014 they're like well maybe you might have Crohn's but I wasn't representing with all of the like classic they're like well you don't have diarrhea yet but then of course it eventually happened yeah and that but it's just like why do people think that Crohn's is just diarrhea it is so much more than that yeah it's pretty varied Mm-hmm. And I forgot to mention too, like I also have neuropathy and like neck and shoulder pain and joint mm-hmm. pain and 
uh, for a while they were thinking like maybe I had fibro. And so they were like, yeah, you have fibromyalgia. Yeah. Then I went and saw this naturopath and she was like, uh, yeah, fibromyalgia is just kind of like a junk term. Like it's just something that they call and they just throw medications at you. And I was like, oh, okay. So help me. What do I have though? Or like, I don't know, just instead of just saying, yeah, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what's so Mm -hmm. hard about fibro, especially of like, Mm -hmm. it's a symptom cluster diagnosis, but it basically Mm -hmm. is like idiopathic nerve pain and fatigue. Mm -hmm. So like you have it, we don't know why maybe Mm -hmm. it's treatable by Lyrica, which has some pretty tough side effects from what I understand. But like Mm -hmm. if it helps, that's great. And if it doesn't help, then ugh. now you yeah. have these symptoms that you can't explain them. That's yeah. a frustrating thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. About fibro diagnoses. Mm-hmm. And then, Oh, I forgot to mention too. I also, cause I have so many chronic illnesses. Yeah. I'm sure I told you in that message before, yeah. um, but I also have POTS, which I know, you know, but for people that don't know, in case they've jumped, you know, it's <laughs> postural. Yeah. Postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, but a lot of people in the other episodes have had it too. So. Yeah, I think it's just a really common comorbidity. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. well, because they also don't know what causes it, so mm-hmm. it seems very likely that it's caused by whatever is other. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever is yeah. underlying the rest of it. Like, mm-hmm. I think it goes along with neuropathy a lot too, and mm-hmm. that makes sense because it's yeah probably. Uh, I mean, it's a nervous system dysfunction as opposed to a cardiac cardiac mm-hmm. dysfunction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it sucks. Yeah. And um, before I got the POTS diagnosis, I was just like, God, I don't know what's going on. I had also blacked out at work and they were like, whoa, that was really scary. I was up talking one moment, walking upstairs and then just bloop on mm-hmm. the ground. And before I saw a cardiologist, he um, he was looking at me like, POTS, where the heck did you get that from? Like, what? get off of Google later. Yeah. So yeah. Like, <laughs> Stop Googling your symptoms. No. And so I was like, no, my ortho, cause I also had like hip pain. I have um, impingement in my hip. So lovely. But then, yeah. And she also, she used to do family medicine and she's like, well, let me see if I can try and, you know, use my brain to figure out what's going on. And she's like, I think you have POTS. Mm-hmm. And then of course I got the tilt table test, but the cardiologist after he scoffed, like, huh, where did you get that? That's not, that's not a thing. So he eventually got me the tilt table. Yeah, this he yeah. was a real gem of a guy. Yeah. He, so the first of, one didn't would, do tilt table? Yeah, no. So the first person was like, I don't really know how to diagnose this, so let's get you to a cardiologist. Gotcha. And she just did, like, the general, like, I'm going to have you sit, I'm going to monitor, and then stand. Yeah, and, that's all I've like, done. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this cardiologist I saw, he didn't want to look at me. He mm-hmm. would either talk to my boyfriend on the ground so I was just like, yep, definitely not coming back to you. Yeah, that's <laughs> one of my least favorite characteristics in mm-hmm. people in general. People in general yeah. that we meet that only talk to my husband. Be like, oh, yeah. good. I'm glad that I'm I standing know. here. Yeah, I exist too. Come on, guys. <laughs> but especially when it's about your own body. Like, yeah, no. that's messed up. And so he was just like, yeah, I don't really think something's wrong with you. Maybe you should just eat some salty snacks and get some exercise. If you lost some weight, I can guarantee you. Oh Losing God. weight would be so much better. Have you also tried yoga? Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That's like, yeah. that's good. That's all of the tropes at once. I know. So I was like, cool, cool, cool. Thanks, guy. See you never. Bye. Yeah. Uh, 
but so he finally, with begrudgingly, he was like, oh, I guess I'll do the tilt table. We'll see. It'll probably come back normal, but let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so he did the tilt table, and then he was like, oh, you do have autonomic dysfunction. My bad. Yeah. Whoops. Okay. Yeah, and he's like, so when you do go upright, um, your heart rate just skyrockets. And so I have high blood pressure anyways. And so they're like, we don't really know why you have high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're like, you're not diabetic. Your cholesterol's fine. You're overall generally healthy and so i was like but something is wrong i'm sick yeah (laughs) and uh, but so yeah and i also in the mix too um saw a sleep doctor and so went to got and did a sleep test and so i had sleep apnea um i was i hated getting used to my friggin cpap it was just the worst like it's a not cute looking at all and it's b loud noisy Mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable and just and, but eventually I kept taking it off and just, you know, not wanting to sleep with it. But the thing that scared me the most was I actually had an apnea while sleeping. And I was in, like, the sleep where you're, like, kind of sleepy, but you're starting to wake up. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I stopped breathing. And I was aware of it because I was kind of awake. But I was like, hey, Vanessa, you're, you need to just wake up because you're not breathing. But yeah. I didn't. I was just still not breathing. And then... My, I opened my eyes and I was like, okay, I'm awake, but I'm not awake. And then I was just finally like, oh, God. Hair. It was the scariest thing. So I was like, right, yep, mask yeah. forever and always. Yeah, you were like, never again. <laughs> that seems mm-hmm. like a better option. Yeah. Yeah. And did you notice a difference in anything? Just because sleep quality mm-hmm. can really help. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. it's yeah. not like the end all yeah. yeah whatever we would say it's not the solution to all of your problems mm-hmm. but did you notice a difference when you started using a CPAP I, kind of I mean I was still super retired but the rings around my eyes got less mm-hmm. um, but I just still couldn't figure out what was wrong like I have exercise exercise intolerance still like sometimes I could walk to the corner to get the mail sometimes I couldn't mm-hmm. sometimes I could walk down to the block to the park sometimes I couldn't sometimes I could do stairs sometimes I couldn't yeah so it was just very like it was just no rhyme or reason so doctors were like yeah this doesn't really make sense lady I think you're kind of they're like you're making it up because who's healthy to do one thing one moment and then the next they're like I don't really think so yeah and um, at the time I was working full-time well like four days kind of almost full-time mm-hmm. and um i where i work i work at a tattoo shop and i work i run the front desk and so they're like oh you're one of the bosses like you're in management you're sick there's no way you're in management and you're as sick as you are and so i was like well i don't know what to tell you i'm doing it yeah you <laughs> so, have to so you're I making know. it work and were you setting yeah. a lot yeah, like thankfully, that was a sitting job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, my job is so. My God, like I don't know what I would do without my boyfriend or my job. Like they're, it's my second family. Mm-hmm. Like without them, I feel like I would be so lost because I work three days a week now, and even then, sometimes it's like too much. Yeah. And I just, thankfully, I know my limits now, and they're super supportive. And they're like, yeah, whatever you need. If you need to take a sit, that's fine. If you can't lift something, ask for help. Ain't yeah. no thing. And yeah. so I'm super fortunate in that aspect because a lot of people aren't able to work. And right. one of my bosses, her brother-in-law has Crohn's. And so she's like, I see through his life, and he's not working. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you're, you're so lucky to be working. I'm like, I know. I am yeah. so lucky. But I'm also so lucky and fortunate 
to just have bosses or just people that work with me that are so understanding. Yeah. Because whereas at the salon, they'd be like, okay, um, you want to sit you need now? to figure out what's happening because you need to sit again. They're like, yeah. you're my apprentice. Like, you can't be sitting. And so I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah, and eventually they were just like, yeah, you can't do this anymore. And so I worked in the call center for a while at the salon. And I was just like, this is, I'm miserable. I hate yeah. this. I'm not doing hair. I'm getting yelled at by crazy people about their hair mix ups. And so I was yeah. like, ah. But then my boss at the tattoo shop, she was like, hey, uh, do you want to come work with us again? You know, something happened where we need somebody and mm-hmm. we, they only needed somebody part time. So I came back only working two days a week. Mm-hmm. And then slowly, eventually, they're just like, hey, do you want to do this? And I started kind of feeling better. And I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can be a boss. Yeah. No, I could not. <laughs> and so I did. I tried I think it was like maybe a year before my boss was like, yeah, hey, uh, you want to maybe work a little less? Yeah, like and how's I was like, this what? going for you? Yeah, and I was like, fuck, no, I don't want to work less. I'm great. I'm doing fine. Like, I got this. This is fine. This is fine. And then it got to a point where I was like, yeah, no, everything is not fine. Mm-hmm. I need to work three days a week and I can't pick up any shifts. And I was just beating myself up a lot because I felt unreliable. Yes. Know? But I eventually realize like hey it's not me that's unreliable it's my body right and that's hard because it feels like so hard it it feels Mm -hmm. like it's the same like oh i'm just making a choice to not Mm -hmm. push through it like on and on and on to a point that Mm -hmm. becomes totally unsustainable like you say Mm -hmm. versus yeah if you're like i'll just only work three days a week that can feel like not enough somehow. Like if you're Mm -hmm. not hitting that limit of like, oh, this is as much as I'm physically capable of doing, which causes burnout. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm now talking about myself, which is. Oh, no, you're fine. (laughs) But just thinking about it because it so resonates. And because I've talked to Mm -hmm. you, including people with Crohn's, about like, how does work work? Like what, Mm -hmm. what accommodations would be ideal or what hours would be ideal and mm-hmm. it's so I mean it's so individual it's so hard it yeah. is so individual and it's so hard to find that balance and even now like some days like I'll have I had maybe a month and a half of just great because after getting diagnosed with Crohn's I was taking um uh prednisone and like it was like oh, that felt great. Which magical. We haven't actually gotten to your Crohn's <laughs> yeah. diagnosis I know, in the story yeah. story. So why don't we go back to the story? Okay. Yes. So back to the story. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, if you're taking detailed notes on a timeline. I know. People are probably like, come on, stay on the line. Uh, but so also I this the shitty neurologist I saw. So mm. bringing back to that point, um, he was the first doctor. That I was like, okay, I'm going to put down all of my symptoms and like just write them all down. I don't really care about doing them in a timeline because that's just not really how my brain works. I just kind of remember them and write it as a go. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't think to put it in a timeline as like, as like occurred in my life because yeah. there's just so much shit. And so he stopped me and he goes, wait, why are these not in chronological order? And it's like, what? Yeah. And so I told him, well, I just, wrote them down as I remembered him. And he goes, well, my brain works chronologically. I don't know about yours, but let's get back to your little list. Yeah. And he, that's what he told me, get back to my little list. And I should have, I was just like, guy. Yeah. And, um, 
of course it was in like the nicer part of town in Seattle, so I you could see most of my tattoos. And he just in the middle of talking about my symptoms, just says, "Why do you think women get tattoos?" Huh? What? <laughs> what? And, yeah, and so I was like, uh, "Because they want them." And he goes, "No, why do women get tattoos?" And it's like, "Because they want them, dude. Like, why do guys get tattoos?" I was like, "Okay." Well, anyways, okay, back to your list. Oh my god. Like, yeah, like, I don't want to know what you think because you obviously have an idea that you're testing that is probably yeah. very offensive. I know. It was just super bizarre. And so I was like, I'm here for you to help talk about my brain. Yeah. And he was just like, well, I guess you just have migraines. And so I was like, oh, well, thanks, thanks for telling me something that I already know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he was just not helpful at all. I can't even remember half of the shitty things he told me because he was just a not nice dude yeah and i probably in retrospect like looking back i should have complained because he had said so many awful things in that little just the like 30 minute visit that we had and oh oh, he also so i have because i have state insurance he tells me i'm surprised that you got an, an appointment with me because we don't take your kind here you're like, thank you for... I know, I was like, my kind? Yeah. I know, and so I was just like, well, I feel very fortunate being, you know, a white woman and having state insurance because I don't get a lot of the pushback like people of minorities probably do, and that is so heartbreaking, and uh, yeah, just... But that's a whole nother story. Yeah, of like, yeah. well, if you don't have the fanciest insurance, whatever that might mm-hmm. be, because insurance is a mess anyway, then like, you don't deserve the, the level of care I provide where you come Ugh. into my office and I judge you mm-hmm. on your personal appearance. Right? Yeah, seriously. Good God. Yeah. yeah, he was just another doctor on the list of bad doctors. Yeah, not a <laughs> but helpful so, one. I know. And then, so fast forward to the diagnosis of Crohn's mm-hmm. um, I, since 2015 I'd seen this GI doctor and I've had like just I can't even begin to tell you how many colonoscopies I've had probably what, two or three and and I've had an endoscopy so um, lots of scopes to prep. I know and so I was just like listen I something is wrong no healthy person wants to go through the prep of a goddamn colonoscopy and then have a colonoscopy happen like no, nobody, it's not fun. And he, uh, my primary care doctor, she also had just recently got diagnosed with Crohn's. And so oh. she was like, hey, you kind of sound like me. I've got a hunch. Let's do an MRI, an MRI andrography of your abdomen. And so we did that, did a little, had to do a little prep, drink some bottles and hang out in their office for an hour. All the gross stuff. And, no, and so they did the MRI of my bowels and then waited a week for that and she sent me an email and was like, Hey Vanessa, you have Crohn's and that was November. Okay. Um, so very so pretty then, recent. Mm-hmm, yeah, pretty recent. And so I went back to my GI doctor and he's like, Yeah, something's wrong. I don't really know what, but you could probably have a stomach bug because that's what the MRI or MRI could mean, you know, the, it could just be inflammation from a stomach bug. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god. Um, uh, but on the MRI, it showed like loops and 
in the bowel and um, what's the word? Uh, react multiple reactive lymph nodes in my abdomen. Okay. So yeah, and um, so that's what helped get me the diagnosis of Crohn's. So he's like, all right, let's go and do your colonoscopy number two. And I was like, cool, prepping for it. And we do it, and comes back normal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what? Are you kidding? And so he's like, yeah, I don't really know what's wrong. Let's try the pill scope. Let's do this. And so I swallowed the little pill camera, and but even that wasn't usable because it just went through. My, it, my body digested it way too quickly. Every single image was blurred. And, and so I was like, how the... My luck, of course. So, yeah. But thankfully, my GI doctor, he was just like, well, all right, something is wrong, obviously. Let's treat you as if you have Crohn's. So let's move forward. And if you magically get better taking the prednisone and pentassa, then that's the trick. You have Crohn's. So I was like, all right, because I'm also anemic. We don't know why. I don't have, they couldn't find, like, any bleeding anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Sure as shit. Took the prednisone, and, like, within, like, the first couple doses, like, everything was gone. All of my joint pain was gone. I felt like a whole new person. I could eat gluten and feel great. (laughs) Uh, Whereas, like, it got to the point where I finally, like, kicked gluten out of my diet and didn't eat gluten anymore. If Mm -hmm. I, like, took a bite of bread, I was just bloated instantly. And um, I, from listening to your podcast, actually, uh, the gluten bumps, I had that, and yeah. so once I stopped eating gluten, those bumps went away. I stopped having those like painful rashes on my arms. Yep. Ugh. Gluten yeah. rashes. It's. <laughs> I know. I understand why people are skeptical, like in the yeah. world, where they're like, "Well, if you don't have celiac, you don't have a problem with gluten." And you're like, "Okay, yeah, like, well." That's, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Bold, bold statement. Right. Oh. So well, yeah. So prednisone is great while you're taking it. Yes. But then you Ugh. probably needed to come off of it at some point, right? Yeah, so I'm currently tapering off of it, and I'm only on 10 milligrams now. Okay. And I have, uh, so starting tomorrow, I get to cut the pills in half. Do I know. Woo! And do that for two weeks. But I am so ready to not have prednisone in my body anymore, because mm-hmm. the rage is real. Yeah, oh, right my. rage. God, yeah, yeah. I'm like, why are you driving so slow? <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, they're driving normal. They're slowing the speed limit. This is fine. Yeah, this is the uh, steroids talking. Yeah. And then uh, when I got to like 20 milligrams, it's when my face just started swelling. Like, I'm still dealing with the residual swelling and just like everything felt taut. My skin was just like, ugh, everything hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. But now I'm a lot better. Yeah. But my all of my other pain is back, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of worried that Pentassa isn't gonna be the drug mm-hmm. of choice for me, and I might have to do something like Humira. But oh, it's such a scary drug. They're all so scary drugs. Yeah. If it works, it works. Yeah, which is <laughs> the mm-hmm. extremely frustrating thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. So, so that's early in the treatment stages mm-hmm. and that yeah. makes sense and yeah Crohn's drugs are all pretty intense from what I understand yeah, yeah. yes but if you can find one that works for mm-hmm. you it can make a very big difference in like yeah. all the things mm-hmm. gotcha gotcha yeah um and go ahead 
Oh, yeah. And so uh, in addition to Crohn's, I also have, uh, well, I guess before I got the Crohn's diagnosis, I have um, I have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And so that was a doozy and a half to try and figure out what was wrong because I saw a hepatologist and she was like, yeah, liver does not feel pain. That's not real. Liver's, no. Uh-uh. And so I was like, well, I have pain where my liver is. She's like, well, yeah, it's not liver pain. Okay. Sure. Thanks, lady. Yeah. Like... She's like, yeah, and so she was just convinced that all I needed to do was stop eating McDonald's again. I'm like, I don't eat McDonald's. Like, Wait, what is like, with the McDonald's? Sound <laughs> advice if you're in the middle of filming Super Size Me and actually <laughs> yeah. only eating McDonald's. But if that's not your diet, then it's really amazing that this many doctors make that assumption. Right? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, um, limit the stress in your life. You would probably got a lot of anxiety. I'm like, yeah, I'm anxious sometimes, but... I don't have like stress like you're thinking like normal people life stress and sure mm-hmm. the stress of chronic illnesses on my body but it's like those are things I cannot control right literally can't control that um, and so she was like yeah just exercise lose some weight eat better your liver will thank you so I was like okay just and... like your body was so happy <laughs> when you were magically <laughs> yeah God. and like this entire time my liver enzymes have been high and nobody thought like oh my god look at this, her liver enzymes, let's check those out. Mm-hmm. But so I fired her and hired her boss, which, and she's one of the like higher um, hepatologists in Seattle or like best hepatologists in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to her and so I was like, hey, yeah, I saw your colleague. She told me that I don't have, like livers don't feel pain. And she's like, oh yeah, well, that's a very common misconception. Uh, people who have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease do feel liver pain. And so I was like, oh, hey, can you go tell that lady? Yeah, yeah. seriously. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was one little tidbit I learned. And so I was like, well, I'm the rare, the one little issue with the livers that does feel the pain. So thanks Great. for ignoring me, lady. Yeah. You know, but then I've been doing more research and just stuff on my own and come to find out that Crohn's can cause liver issues. And we've been trying to figure out why I have liver disease because I stopped drinking and I started eating better. Mm-hmm. In theory, my liver should have fixed itself, but right. it hasn't. It yet, hasn't so. yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a maybe byproduct of everything else, but <laughs> mm-hmm. also maybe something that you can tackle yeah. on its own, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Yeah. But mystery. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And so we're at the present now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. at the present now. Yeah, and I right. see my hepatologist tomorrow. Ooh. We're going to, I know, she's got this fancy little paddle. I don't even remember the name of the test, but it's some sort of paddle that sends sound waves into uh, your abdomen and just measures the, like, fat deposits on your liver and just see if you're in cirrhosis or if you have scarring or anything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. So I don't have to get an MRI, yeah. less radiation. That is awesome. Yeah, it's much less invasive than, like, yeah. everything else that you've been through. That sounds good. Seriously, yes. Find me herb. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the other thing now or caught mm-hmm. up that I'm wondering, because you mentioned it a couple times, like, you've done lots yeah. of research over mm-hmm. the course of, all of these things so is there anything else that you have tried or want to try like whether it worked or didn't work or Mm -hmm. you know just across the board like how has your own research impacted all of it yeah 
And so what I have found that works for me the best with like my pain or nausea or trying to get myself an appetite back has been marijuana. Yeah. That has been like CBD has been an absolute game changer for me. Like without it, I wouldn't be able to function. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when I get migraines, like I'm just like, oh my God, when I start to feel that titch beginning, like I know it, I need to get that CBD. Um, And then let's see, of course, diet, changing my diet, not having any gluten. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Let's see. I don't eat any soy products because it has the estrogen for, and then the endometriosis kind of stay away um let's see and then of course with the neuropathy i take an old oh sorry i take an old school uh antidepressant called nortriptyline mm-hmm. um but i'm kind of finding that it doesn't really help it but at least it's been helping to keep my migraines at bay yeah um yeah. so at least there's that that part so. is good Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny um, how when you have a lot of symptoms, you can you're like might notice differences in funny places. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and then oh, acupuncture. Acupuncture mm. has been so helpful for yeah. me. Um, I see my lady. I've been seeing her, I think, for the past four years now. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, about four years. Or well, three actually, three years and. She's been so helpful with helping me manage my POTS syndrome mm-hmm. and, uh, like, endometriosis and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. You just, like, feel <laughs> mm-hmm. broadly a little bit better, which is kind yeah. of the best way to measure these things. I know. And, I mean, like, the fr- it took a while for it to really kick in. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would say it probably I took maybe two months of going, okay. like, maybe twice a week just wow. because of how bad my migraines were. I was getting... Oh, probably like five out of seven, seven days a week I was having a migraine. Mm-hmm. That's um, a lot of migraine. Yeah, like vertigo to the extreme and like I was on a boat, you know. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it gets so bad to like I have to just keep my head cocked to the side. I'm like, oh, don't worry, it's okay. Yeah, I just it don't need like that I'm... other eye. Yeah, yeah. Feel like people are like, okay, yeah. It's weird. And, mm-hmm. Um, what else have I tried? Yeah, narcotics don't work. I can't take um, like ibuprofen or Tylenol mm-hmm. because my liver. Um, mm. But then it also it just doesn't work. Right, and me. if it doesn't help, then it's not. Yeah, then there's why no, take it? Yeah, there's no gamble mm-hmm. there. Yeah. yeah, and so mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's the kind of stuff because yeah. you never know. People like sometimes diet is the thing. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. not. Sometimes. Yeah, I've talked to a few people who like acupuncture. It's mm-hmm. cool. My insurance yeah. discounts acupuncture, and I haven't actually done it yet, but I want That's to. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's interesting when stuff like that too. How I'm like, oh, an insurance mm-hmm. company thinks that it might be worth not exactly yeah. covering, but supporting in some way. So that's, that's kind of nice, cool. Though. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we talked about work. We kind of have talked about like the other parts mm-hmm. of your life is there anything else that you've been thinking about or that has come up while we've been talking or while you were listening to other episodes that we haven't gotten to um i mean i feel like there's probably is lots of stuff yeah i'm like Mah! yeah we'll <laughs> hang up and then you'll be like oh my god yeah. i didn't talk about this one thing that was finished three years ago yeah. it's okay that's normal 
but yeah, I mean, and then the whole other thing too is like with friends. Um, I did lose a lot of friends. Like, yeah. I'm super open and honest with my experience, and I did initially get a lot of pushback from people just being like, oh, you're seeking, like, woe is me kind of shit. I'm like, yeah. what? You're no, just being really is... negative. I know. I'm like, I'm just existing in my world and just sharing. And I, since then, I've had a couple of people just be like, hey, thanks to you, I have got diagnosed with endometriosis because I've been told my entire life that this was real. Like, this is normal. Like, just to yeah. suck it up. That this level of or, pain was normal. Yeah, or just people who, like, I have friends that suffer from migraines, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to my doctor because maybe I have occipital neuralgia like you. And I'm mm. like, oh, yeah, do that. Yeah, but check it out. But I just, I don't know. Yeah, and so, and then one of my friends, well, she's not a friend anymore. She was like, I'm diabetic, and I don't tell people. So, like, why are you? Yes. Like, you are just you complain so much. And so I was like, well, maybe we just shouldn't be friends anymore. <laughs> I feel like that's like a great schism at the heart of chronic mm-hmm. illness is like people who think that it should be private and you should never talk about it. And yeah. then people who are like, Hey, I'm going to make a social media account to talk about it because mm-hmm. then I can connect with other people. And like, there are a lot of benefits and sure. If someone who is not into that sees it, they might be like, this is really intense, but like, yeah, okay, don't read it. Like, <laughs> there's a whole like, community just, out there that it's working for. Mm-hmm. Just keep moving along. I'm like, or just maybe stop following me. I don't know. Yeah. But then he, but then that also does kind of hurt because I'm like, oh, my yeah. friend stopped following me. Yeah, when it's, yeah, when it's like your personal <laughs> mm-hmm. account or whatever, and you're like, oh, okay, this is just actually what my life is like. Yeah. It's not entertaining mm-hmm. or positive enough for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I just feel like, for me, uh, I don't know, man. I just feel like I just, I vent, you know, and if it helps somebody, Mm -hmm. it helps somebody. If it doesn't, then it just, if anything, it helped me because I just needed to get it off my chest instead of holding it in. Yeah, I feel that way. Like, I'm sure Mm -hmm. in 10 years, I'll read over my Twitter and I'll be like, that's a (laughs) real, you really were expressing yourself there. But it's fine. It gets it out of my head. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I get that. Um, and then with people, so in in real life, how has it been? I know you're talking about your real life friends, mm-hmm. but like, are you, you live in a city, are you able to participate in very many things or does that kind of go up no. and down? Yeah. 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 I have like, oh boy. So I, for when I was at my sickest, like all I would do would just work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, make plans, cancel those plans because I need to work, sleep. Yep. And and people just didn't understand it. Or they'd be like, oh, I saw that you went to this drag show, but you said that you were sick because you didn't go to this other thing. I'm like, well, I kind of pick and choose these things that I, it's, it just sucks because you get to a point where you have to decide what is important enough to show there, like, or to try and show up and try to be there. Yeah. And also and, to sometimes weigh the, the ways that different things will affect you. If you're like, mm-hmm. well, I'd like this thing better, but it starts at nine and this other thing yeah. starts at seven. And at mm-hmm. least then I can like show up. Like there's different yeah. factors or knowing about mm-hmm. the bathrooms or whatever. Like, oh, totally. The food. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the starting of time, the time that things start is for sure a difference. Like <laughs> a couple of people are like, oh yeah, let's do this thing starting at 10. Like, yeah, no, I'm ready for bed at 10 o'clock, but I'm, and it sucks because I'm only 32 and I want to do all these cool and fun things and 
do shit that everybody else is doing, but my body will literally shut down yeah. if I stay up past a certain amount of time. Like, yeah. we we stayed up till, I don't know, midnight watching Ozark last night, and this morning I was like, why did I do that? Yeah. I'm so nauseous. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> yeah. I, I still, I definitely fight that impulse. And even, like, at home, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we could just, like, we're, my husband wanted to rewatch Game of Thrones from the beginning before the new season comes out, so, yeah. so we've been watching it, and I hadn't actually seen all of it. I gave up last time this isn't relevant mm-hmm. but now I'm sucked in and I'll be like oh well it's you know 8 30 like we could definitely watch one more but the truth is yeah. if I stay in front of the tv that long I'll feel like crap but then sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like well I want to do it anyway because I deserve to enjoy this <laughs> yeah. extra hour I need this that I'll yeah. pay for later like it's your brain tricks mm-hmm. you sometimes into feeling like yeah. you're treating yourself but actually I know but you're not I'm like Ugh. no but it no. feels worse <laughs> my um we live in a small town now. We moved here mm-hmm. after like a lot of my stuff. And one of the best things about it is that nothing happens after nine. Like, nice. <laughs> was a, we didn't go because I was not feeling well, but there was a comedy mm-hmm. open mic like two weeks ago that was at seven. Like oh, nobody what? ever does comedy <laughs> yeah. at seven because everybody is too sober to enjoy an open mic night. But <laughs> yeah. even that can happen that early. So it's a real, right? it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really go to a lot of mini live shows anymore. Like that used to be my life. Like we used to go to like concerts and shows all the time and see live bands, but the lights are just too bright for me. Like I get, mm -hmm. even if I close my eyes or wear sunglasses inside, Mm -hmm. like I don't care. I'll be that weirdo wearing sunglasses. If it works, if it works, it works, you know? And then people are like, Oh, are you drunk? I'm like, yep, sure. That's That's it. (laughs) totally it yeah yeah or like oh you're hungover I'm like uh-huh yeah, yeah. hungover now yeah. <laughs> uh, but um yeah when I first started taking the prednisone and pentassa like I was all I'm on top of the world yeah. I was hanging out like going to shows hanging out with friends going and doing stuff and like yeah. doing extra stuff at work and then it finally prednisone just, <laughs> crashed and I was like yeah. oh no what am I doing like I didn't really have that energy <laughs> yeah <laughs> nope uh-huh but it's just really it goes back to finding your limits and realizing your limits and then just understanding that it's okay to have limits yeah yeah and that's hard it Mm -hmm. just is yeah 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 (laughs) um i think we've covered all of my things yeah, I think so too. I think I don't think I can remember anything because my poo brain. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. Very days. But yeah. thank you so much for talking to me. Of course. For yeah. Thanks me. for wanting to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening to episode twenty-seven of No End in Sight. You can find Vanessa on Instagram at Sweet Mannered. You can find this show on Instagram at No End Insight Pod, and you can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at Bennis B. This week on Twitter, I asked people about how long it took them to get a formal diagnosis after they first suspected that something was really wrong with their bodies, and I've been getting so many answers that I encourage you to check out if you like the stories on this show. I've been retweeting them with the hashtag days to diagnosis. So you can check that out or scroll back in my feed a bit to find the tweets and the the full thread. I've got many more stories to share with you in long form podcast episodes. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And if you've been enjoying the show, I would be grateful if you could share a review on iTunes so that other people know what to expect. As usual, don't forget that I have a small Facebook group called Chronic Hustlers for people living with chronic conditions who are self-employed. It's quiet but growing, and you'll even find a few podcast guests in the group. And finally, this podcast is supported by my cross-stitch company, Digital Artisanal. When I'm up for it, I make simple modern patterns that you'll actually want to hang in your home. I love to cross-stitch as a way to feel productive during flares when I'm stranded in front of the television, and one of these days, I'm going to get to work on some spring and summer patterns. I'd love it if you checked us out at digitalartisanal.com. Thanks for listening.